Welcome back or welcome, welcome. My name is Michelle. I'm Kelly. My name is Kayleen. My name is Jada Wright. This is Annie. I'm Kelsey. And today we're going to step into our power for 40 minutes. Today's class is here for you to learn more about your body and its alignment. And everything's flowing beautifully. Love this. Oh, now it's time for my favorite exercise. We're going to go into mermaid. This workout will have you glistening, sparkling, and sweating. So let's get into it. Hello, hello, everyone. My name is Kayleen, and I'm the founder and CEO of Flexia. And I'm Kelly. I'm the head of content here at Flexia. We work together to redefine wellness and help people move better with connected Pilates. Yeah. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's episode three, and we are here, and we're going to open our segment today. I'm going to let Kayleen lead us into this segment. Go ahead, Kayleen. What's this segment called today? It's called the Flexia Rant. I have some strong feelings. I suspect. Tell me Kelly, about them. I suspect Kelly may relate. Um, but one of the things in my early Pilates training and early Pilates community that I grew to aspire to was I wanted to move beautifully. And that's because I kept hearing other people in the Pilates world tell their students or their peers and other Pilates teachers, oh my God, you move so beautifully. And I wanted to be that way because it seems like those were the people who we should all know, right? The it people, the in crowd, the, you know, power players. And I think I move pretty athletically at least, like I'm coordinated, but um, that always felt like I was just out of reach of moving in the way that would get me entry into this club. And what I've since learned is that that club is rewarding, um, generally thinness, but also moving like a dancer. And the reality in a Pilates studio and in the real world is that that's not, not everybody's going to move the same. And that aspiration of moving beautifully is going to look different for every single person. And I don't want that to be the determinant of whether someone fits in or not, or is good at something or not, because a what we're actually looking for in Pilates is body control, body awareness, precision, breath, right? Like there are all these things that we're looking for, but making it look like a dance move isn't actually part of uh, the qualifications for doing Pilates well. And in fact, improving someone's coordination um, improving the way that they're able to perform a move isn't always going to mean they end up looking like a dancer, but it's still going to be an amazing, amazing achievement. And so I want to say you move beautifully, but that doesn't mean you move like a dancer. And that is totally fine. And I want to redefine what that phrase means in the Pilates world, because I don't think it recognizes 
the achievements and the proficiency in the way that a lot of people think it does. Yeah. I also think that moving like a dancer isn't the peak um, success metric. I worked at a studio where we trained dancers at the local ballet that was just next door to our studio. And absolutely could they get in this amazing extension? Totally. Were they using core control? Not necessarily. So it's not necessarily about what you look like. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that you are achieving what the purpose of the exercise actually is. And so, yes, those, the, the ballerinas that took that class with me, they looked like dancers when they moved that, that is what they are trained to do. But when I asked them to display more control or more strength, that's when they were challenged to move and it didn't look the same. And, um, so I have quite a, a different experience with this whole moving beautifully because I redefine it for my teaching style as when I see the light bulb goes off in somebody's head and they get it. To me, that's beautiful. When they've been working towards, you know, being able to go from tabletop to a 45 with their legs and they uh, they're able to do it now and hold it or achieve it and they're not feeling any pain. They've gotten stronger. They've built themselves up to that pose or that exercise. And the pride that spreads across their face and the light bulb or you give the right cue at the right time and all of a sudden they're just – they move in such a way that you can tell that they just get it now, right? Um, to me, that's that's what's beautiful. Yeah, the journey of moving with more and more and more uh, self-control and confidence and strength mm -hmm. is beautiful. It makes me happy because I, um, I mean, this could we could segment this into so many different conversations, but it, <laughs> I relate very, I relate very much to that thread of. The progress I made never made me move like a dancer, but it totally changed my life, mm. my whole life. Yes. And when I see the improvement in my students, I, you know, that my experience gets projected onto them and I imagine what they might be experiencing. Now, this is a very egocentric thing to do and not everybody ex <laughs> experiences it the way that I do. Um but it, I notice it because it's different than I think what we were trained. We were trained as Pilates teachers with a very specific styling, a very specific model, a very specific, if you do this, that's right. If it looks like this, it's wrong. Not accounting for all of the physical and mental and genetic variations we're going to get from the humans in our Pilates studios. And so I, it's almost like we have to overcome that initial hurdle of we're working with a variety of people and success means something different for everybody. And actually my words projecting my experience onto someone else can actually make other people feel ostracized. 
and that there's actually more story and more individualized goals. There's people, six different individuals in my six person group class, right? That might want something different, but they still want to feel like they're appreciated and they're making progress and they're, they're welcome. And, and, um, and so that, that phrasing to me triggers a sense of, um, feeling left out and, and it's not something that everybody is necessarily going to be able to achieve just because they're built differently or they don't spend six hours a day training their body to be, to look like an answer. Like this is, you know, this, I want to come back to genetics, right? Like I want to live a happy life with people I love and have meaningful connections and build something great and, and not feel any pain and extend my life and I want to recognize the role Pilates plays in my goals mm -hmm. and, and uh, be acknowledged that it could be different than someone else. And this pedestal of dancer is not the ultimate goal of Pilates. Sure. Sure. I've gotten more graceful. Maybe I've built strength, which helps me move with more confidence that might translate into different postures that look more dancer like but at the end of the day like dancers are hurt all the time like it's not like there's some magical beings that avoid injury and right so I, they're they're yeah they're incredible athletes but the, it's torture on their bodies i mean it, i mean just like football just like you know i mean so many sports that our people are training relentlessly to be able to achieve um and you know what, it, when you were talking about um, the Pilates dancer uh, compliment, we'll say compliment in quotes, <laughs> um, it reminded me of a quote I think we've talked about before, um, which is Brene Brown has a great uh, saying where she says, there's a difference between fitting in and belonging. And when I think about, as an instructor, telling a group class to someone specifically in my group class, oh, you move beautifully. Well, what message does that send to the rest of the people in the class, right? It says fit in, right? You have to mold yourself, contort yourself, become something other than what you are in order to fit this shape or fit this ideal. And belonging is quite different. Belonging is being exactly who you are, moving exactly how you move, and finding progress and the journey in your body. And belonging in a group of people that wants you to show up unique and as yourself every time. And yeah, and so it and just I, brought me back. It brought me back there. She, she, she is wonderful, by the way, Brene Brown. Um, but I also, you know, taking that phrase and using it to speak about non-dancer movement. I want to say you move beautifully, Kelly. Even though I know you struggle with a roll-up, you are moving beautifully today because I know <laughs> your history. You just, you, you just called me out. You just called me out. She just totally called me out, everyone, for my lack of uh, if, well roll-up ability. <laughs> but it's but it's true, right? I want I don't only just want to avoid saying you move beautifully. 
I want to redefine what that phrase means and use it for other people because other people, you can move beautifully even if you can't do what the Pilates instructor manual exactly tells you you should be able to do. I can, I can move beautifully even if I've got extra rolls on my stomach. I, I want that to be recognized and I want to redefine that phrase to be a good thing and for it not to be a sense of, I feel left out, but a sense of anybody can move beautifully and your beauty depends on what you want. And I mean, even if we pick apart <laughs> the fact that we are all constructed and made so incredibly different from one another. So a dancer's body, you know, long legs, long limbs, long torso, it's going to move differently than I am. I have short arms, short legs, and a short torso. I am short all around. <laughs> you may, may not be able to tell in videos, but I am very short in person. And it just, my, my levers, right? Like my hip joints, my shoulder joints, they're going to move differently and they're going to be able to uh, flex in different ways that, you know, a dancer probably can run circles around me, but that's okay. I, I, I am absolutely comfortable making progress in my body. I'm not trying to look like a dancer when I move because I don't, that's just not my body. It's it, there's this element, right? Where, We've talked about this before on this podcast about, you know, um, this aesthetic, right? Trying to be something, trying to mold yourself or make yourself into being something else. And we are so beautifully made exactly the way we are. And moving in that body is special and personal. And it should not be downgraded or downplayed so that we mimic somebody else who doesn't have the same life experience that we do. Yeah. Or the same body. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's elite athletes face the same things. You have elite athletes. I'm a soccer fan. So you look at my favorite soccer team, Arsenal, we have injury prone elite athletes and we have robust athletes, Right. And they're playing at the top level, the same sport with the same training staff in very much the Mm -hmm. same environment. Mm -hmm. And yet they still need personalized recommendations. They still have very different availability to play the sport because their bodies are different. There's not a, right. There's not Mm -hmm. a single body type that can be elite at anything. Exactly, which is what brings us into why Flexia designed this new reformer. So I want people to understand, you know, the thought the thought that went into this in the design of the machine itself. So can you tell everybody a little bit about the Flexia reformer and and why you designed a new reformer? Yes, this reformer is a professional grade reformer that has features that are friendly for home use. And I'll explain what that means in a second. But I want to start even prior to that about why did I design a new reformer? Why not just make another existing reformer smart? And that reason is a very personal one for me. Um, and it's another 
it stems from a, another story that really contributes to why I started Flexia. And that has to do with uh, teaching a class. I used to teach a six-person class in a studio that had five reformers of one type and one reformer of another. And I taught a beginner, like, half-level class that was designed to either be, hey, you started, you did the free intro, you want to come to class, this is going to be slower so that you can build up to going into regular classes, or for people who needed a little bit longer to transition or wanted to, they were just, they needed a different level of instruction for whatever reason. So I taught this class on Tuesday nights and we had a new, I had a new woman come in and she was with me for about six weeks and she was amazing. Like super tall, pretty wide, loud, laughing, had two kids. You know, one time she even made me a t-shirt that was like, she hand screen printed it at home and brought it in as a gift. Like I love that. so nice. Um, and she eventually gradu graduated, I'll put that in quotes, graduated from this class and moved into other classes with other teachers. So I didn't see her as often. Um, and one day I saw her in passing and she randomly said to me, you know, Kayleen, I really wanted to thank you for my experience in your class. I almost didn't show up to Pilates at all. And I said, oh, oh, really? Like, why? And she said, well, I don't see anybody who looks like me in Pilates advertising. Tall. Yeah. Little, little round, you know, laughing, lots of tattoos. And I was so afraid. I, I was so afraid that I would get to class. No one would look like me. Or I wouldn't fit on the machine. Or I would be able to do half the class, but then have to stop in the middle in front of everybody because I either wouldn't be able to do something or the equipment didn't fit me right. So I, I would be ostr you know, ostracized, singled out as other. And I had just been going along my merry way, <laughs> doing my teaching thing. And the more I sat with her comments, the more I thought, wow, we really have a problem in our industry, right? And I'm, yeah, it's, this is not an overnight thing. I didn't come into Pilates going, we have a problem. <laughs> it was, it's very much like you drink the Kool-Aid and then you do it. And then you realize like, oh, there are things we need to change. And it turns out, I started noticing that in this class, the tall people would fight over the single model of reformer we had because we only had one. So whoever got to class first got that reformer. Or sometimes there would be like horse trading. Okay, well, you can have it this week, but I can have it the other week because that single model reformer adjusted better to fit bigger bodies. Yeah. And when I thought about who I wanted to serve with Flexia, and what I want that want that experience to be like, I don't want someone to have to fit their body to an archaic, always been this way, reformer design. 
I thought for sure there would be a way to make the geometry of the machine works so that our machine, the Flexia machine, is no bigger in footprint than the standard professional grade reformer, but it has more adjustability and it's easier, more intuitive to adjust. And actually it fits wider and longer bodies. Um, and so that is why I wanted to not use an existing reformer and build something new because I knew I could make it better. And I think we did. <laughs> um, Hell yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> so the Flexia reformer fits people all the way down from like five feet to six foot six. Our carriage is three inches longer, six inches wider. It fits bigger people better. And I'm not just talking about people who identify as fat. I'm talking about uh, athletes, men, right? Even men who are over six feet, some of these traditional Pilates machines aren't made to fit them. Mm -hmm. And um, we've had a lot of professional athletes come to us and say, I saw my buddy had one. I have to have one, right? Because it's you know, you can get an XL Pilates machine, but then you've got this XL Pilates machine, right? And mm -hmm. and so for us, it was how can we make things intuitive to adjust and then make sure it fits everybody in your household who wants to use it? Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, I'm 5'1 on a good day and I still feel connected to the machine. Like I, I am a short, shorter person. And then Kayleen, you're 5'10". Almost 5'10". <laughs> Kelsey's 5'10". <five>, Kelsey's <laughs> okay. So we have an instructor that's 5'10". And then um, my my dad is six feet tall. He's gotten on it. My my husband is six feet tall. Uh, One of our investors is six foot six. Yeah, six six. Um, yeah. So I mean, we've you've done a great job designing a machine that fits this very large demographic of sizes. Um and in this very in a way that makes you feel connected to the machine. You don't ever feel like it's too big or too small. It's like it's like what do we call it? It's the Goldilocks, right? It's the Goldilocks <laughs> effect. That's that's what the that's what the flexia reformer is. It's just right. <laughs> yeah. Um the Pilates and I can't tell you how many times in the Pilates world we've talked about as Pilates teachers how to work with a fat person who doesn't fit on your equipment or a tall person. And they're like, put them on a different piece of equipment or put them on the mat. They can't use it. Right. And I know of some basketball team that trains on regular size reformers and their instructors, you know, you ask them, well, how do these guys fit on these things? And they literally laugh and go, huh, we make it work, right? Like their yeah. butts are hanging off the end of the carriage. Their heel, if the foot bar isn't adjusted, right? Their heels will hit the standing platform as they do footwork. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, I say, I want to design it for everybody. There's, there is, there is a limit to, you know, edge limit, but the, we at Flexi have significantly broadened 
who can use the reformer and and feel like it's adjusted to them, not like they're contorting their body to fit something that was designed for someone else. And and that most goes- people's arms fit, right? That's like a huge one too. I know you talked about people's hips, you know, being off of the edge, but also think about the width of a person as well, right? When we're talking about actual shoulder to shoulder measurement and being able to rest your arms. There are so many clients I've trained on standard reformer equipment and they do not know what to do with their arms. It becomes a, 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 a an impediment to them actually getting into that mind-body practice because their their arms don't have anywhere to go. Yeah. On the mat, we teach inversions generally. Um, I think almost all of, almost all of them. You're taught to use your arms as right. support on the floor. Your triceps work when you're trying to lift your legs overhead. Mm-hmm. And then you ask that same person to now go on a reformer. And the pictures and the manuals, they have their arms by your side. But, oh, your client's arms don't fit on the mat. And so they have to hold them up in the air or fold them on their chest or whatever. And so the these exercises, which some people have previously found inaccessible or unobtainable on a traditional reformer, now you've created a little bit more width. Their arms can become that platform and they can do a reformer exercise they've never been able to do before. And Absolutely. And that's something that like you know, you work with what you got, but it is, it's amazing to me to see the revelation on some people's faces when they go, oh, I actually could do that. And I've actually felt really bad or shamed or, um, or I've always aspired to do it, but couldn't understand why I was stuck. And it Mm -hmm. turns out it's not you. (laughs) It's the equipment. It's the equipment. And they were they were made to feel like it was something wrong with them. That's what the that's where yeah. the that's where it becomes a disservice yeah. to people who are doing and, this. And part of the reason I want to have this conversation in the open is because I think uh, I'm in a unique position where I got to know the equipment very well on a technical level, which is not a level of detail that most Pilates instructors want to or should have to go into. Let's be right. real; like <laughs> that's not. That's not what you need to do. And and in fact, many teachers come out of their teacher training fresh and they only know how to adjust and work with one model of reformer, not even one brand, but one model. And so there's, we know a lot about how the body should look, but we don't know enough about how the equipment should support that person. And I think it's really interesting, you know, We've, we haven't even brought up classical and contemporary Pilates yet, <laughs> but classic that's, that's coming. That's later. That's coming. <laughs> but I think classical Pilates teachers are, um, understand how the equipment needs to interact with the body. But I, I then, in a, in a way that a lot of contemporary teachers don't learn, but then I think, and I'll keep this very short, but then I think that, limits them to a certain demographic of clients. And as soon as you have a client who doesn't fit, the bet is off, right? And how do you, how do you, right? And there are a lot of people who are really good at adjusting and and they make do with what they have and it's seamless. 
But I, I do want to call out Lindsay um, Strobel at Fat Body Pilates on Instagram, who said what something up, like, Linz? "She, when she got her flexia reformer, <laughs> she had this sort of like, I, I forget the word she used, so don't don't quote me, but it was a revelation of like, oh my god." I didn't realize how much I was changing my body to fit this other machine. And so there's this point of, if you don't know any better, you deal with it. But I want to enable people to know better. And they may choose that they may choose to stay with where they're at. That's fine. They may choose to do something else, but that awareness and that knowledge and that accessibility of information has to be there. And I want to talk about how we can improve our clients' experiences, how we can make Pilates feel good in your body by having equipment that fits you, that adjusts you, to you. Yeah. You belong here. <laughs> that's that's what we want to tell people, right? You belong here. So I love that. Um, and one of the exercises too that comes to mind that we that we have slotted to talk about in the session is you have a story um, about short spine, right? We were just talking about being able to use your arms. This is a, a common spinal articulation exercise that a lot of group classes go through. And um, being able to brace with your triceps and your arms is part of that exercise. You can't, you can't really, uh, <laughs> you can't really cross your arms over your chest for that one. Yeah, a short spine is that inversion I was exactly talking about. Um, mm -hmm. I had someone come try out one of the Flexia prototypes and she was like, I've never been able to do short spine. I'm not going to be able to do it. And she just went right up <laughs> <laughs> and she, and, and, you know, it was like, a, Oh my God, <laughs> why is, why did that just happen? What has changed? <gasps> my arms have a place. So yeah, yeah I think that's, that's, that's beautiful. Really <laughs> beautiful. Ah, uh, yes. It totally, I just tied it in. <laughs> <laughs> it is totally beautiful um, to see people's to see people's reaction who have been in the industry and and have been not decided, not designed for, not included, or whatever, and see the change. But it's also really cool to see folks come in having never experienced anything else, and this is now just the norm. Yeah. You don't absolutely. have you don't have to have that struggle. So anyway, there we go. Yeah. That's amazing. And then also what people are kind of sort of being hinted to, if you follow us at all on our social media, um, is we have a smart aspect to our reformer. You know, at the beginning I said, why didn't we just use a reformer that already existed? Because part of the problem that I wanted to solve was that I wanted to capture the magic of Pilates in data. Right. The Kool-Aid. So, we want to capture know, it. The That's one of the problems. The reformer solves. The reformer design itself is solving some other problems I saw and wanted to address. But the tech aspect, I think, is really interesting. And um, so on, on the Flexia reformer, there's a sensor package, and it measures the movement of the carriage, which is the moving part of the machine that has the springs attached. 
And in class, you get metrics about how you're doing as you do a Flexia class. So we're looking at, okay, we can tell you graphically what springs to use. That's really awesome because if you miss the instructor's cue, then you don't need to worry about it. And two, if you want to change the weight so that the exercise is harder or easier for you, you just click a button and we show you what to do. So you're not stuck with the generic weight that the teacher says for everybody. Everybody uses. Mm -hmm. On the other side of the screen, we have metrics from our sensors, like how much weight you're moving during the exercise. How, are you going as fast as the instructor wants you to? And then two metrics I think are really important for Pilates, which is control and consistency. And we're going to talk more about those in another episode, but um, I think part of the power of Pilates is can you move your body in the way we're asking you to? Not that the way we're asking you to is right, not that another way is wrong, not that it's black and white, but it's about being able to control your body mindfully. So when I say lift your right leg, your right leg lifts, not your left leg. I mean, that's a very basic example, but you know, being able to translate what your brain is thinking into an action on your body and and our metrics are are capturing how close are you to doing the movement that we've asked you to do. Yeah. It's very cool stuff. It's it I can't wait to see what people think. <laughs> we've already gotten so many um, like, again, if you are part of the Flexia community and you're not on our Facebook page, please join the Facebook community, uh, share your experiences on there, share your MQS, um, share your metrics, how you're doing, what classes you love, uh, what you want to see more of, because we take all of that into account. And um, yeah, I mean, it's an incredible piece of machinery. We're getting to give you insights into why your practice is why we're all drinking the Kool-Aid, why your practice is as amazing as that journey has been for you. Um, it's not something anymore that you can just feel. Now it's something you can see and conceptualize, right? This is a very cool thing. Something that, you know, a lot of us who have been drinking the Kool-Aid for a while now are like, oh, okay, you can quantify that? Awesome. Show me, show me. Yeah. So that's super exciting. Cool. It is. Well, um, I think we'll leave it there for today. Kelly, it has been a pleasure as always. I get to see you tomorrow too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, everyone. I hope you had um, a great time listening and we'll see you again soon. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. If you're ready to embark on your Pilates journey, go to FlexiaPilates.com to learn more about Flexia's award-winning online studio, innovative technology, and professional-grade smart Pilates reformer. With over 150 classes and new ones added every week, it's easy to find the workout that fits your life. Paired with our innovative technology that gives you real-time feedback and tracks your progress, your Pilates experience will be totally transformed. Once again, that's FlexiaPilates.com to learn more. Happy reforming!